Hello, and welcome to the Crypto Masters Podcast, helping the general public master an understanding of crypto assets. My name is Brian McCoy. My name is Ross Eaton. And we are the The Crypto Crypto Masters. Oh, boy. All right, we are uh, we are remote this week, as is probably obvious from from our lack of synchronization. There. Nice synchronization there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross. The topic of today's episode is quant, and this is not people who use computers to decide which stonks to buy and sell. They're also <laughs> called quants, um, <laughs> but it's a very cool crypto asset. And its goal is bridging blockchains. Teaser, teaser, teaser. Hey, as a quick reminder, our goal here at the Crypto Masters is to provide information about crypto assets to help the public decide if it's something they might want to invest in and do their own research on. The information that we provide here is not focused on short-term price movements, so we're not for short-term traders. Absolutely, Brian. And we, you know, we provide information to allow you, the listener, to make your own financial decision. This is not financial advice. Um, Good point. Yeah, we want to empower you. So there you go. All right, Ross. In previous podcasts, we have discussed several different crypto coins that utilize different blockchains. We almost always pointed out Um, Bitcoin has its own blockchain. Ethereum has its own blockchain. Cardano has its own blockchain. EOS has its own blockchain. I'm seeing a trend here. Yes. yes. (laughs) What Quant aims to do is bridge the gap between the various blockchains. So that is a cool goal. Absolutely. And, you know, the foundation or backbone of this Quant project is an operating system called the Overledger Network. I am your Overledger. Moving on, <laughs> Quant believes that the Overledger network is the ecosystem on which the future digital economy ecosystem will be built. That's a mouthful, Brian. Yeah. And if that statement doesn't get you hyped up, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yes, we are, we are talking um, big, big goals here. This so is big boy room. Something key in what you said, Ross, is that it's an operating system for blockchains and not a blockchain. So that's interesting. It is an ERC20 token that we've talked about before, meaning that it's on the Ethereum blockchain, but with um, with Quant, it doesn't matter. It's blockchain agnostic. So what it does, it sits on top, top of blockchains and it allows them to connect and interoperate, interoperate, so in other words, operate with each other, no matter what consensus mechanism. So, you know, you can take a, one with a proof of work and one with a proof of stake and still can um, allow for interoperation. It doesn't matter if they're permissioned or permissionless. So, you know, we normally talk about um, on, on this podcast, we talk about permissionless uh, blockchains, but, you know, there are permissioned blockchain, you know, IBM has some, um, basically private companies uh, can have their own blockchain. This also allows that, and Quant does work with, um, not only in the 
what I would call the crypto sector that we think of as decentralized, but also, you know, with, with private companies and banks and finance companies. So it works with both. And um, it, it even says that it's, uh, its ability to to bridge blockchains will apply to future blockchain developments. So again, very, very lofty uh, statements. And it does it in a very general way, similar to the way that TCIP works with websites on the internet. And I don't know the details of that, but it used the ideas and concepts from that, which was, you know, fundamental in allowing um, you know, the, the World Wide Web to be what it is today, and it's used those and applied it into, into this setting, and um, it seems to work. So that's a simplified explanation. There really, there are several layers to quant and how it works, but the bottom line is that the overledger uh, allows a gateway for people and companies to use existing and future blockchains to interoperate, and that is a big, huge step in the crypto space. Again, it says it wants to be the network of networks. And one thing, Ross, before I turn it back over to you, lately, you know, we've heard a lot about um, CBDCs, which are central bank, um, you know, digital coins or digital tokens. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we know China has one coming out. They're already test running it. There are a couple of Caribbean um, nations, maybe Bermuda, maybe, maybe another one. It, but, but it, you know, everybody's talking about it. And the U U.S. has even said, you know, we're going to take our time, but they're indicating they're going to have a central bank-issued digital currency. Um, and the, the quant community thinks that, that its product, um, that its, its platform will be used or useful and can be used by these central banks. So that could be huge. Oh, Absolutely. All right. Sorry, Ross. That was a mouthful, but I kind of wanted to lay some, some background on it. Um, one thing that I saw about, um, about Quant is it uses mApps. You know, we, we've talked about dApps, and you can talk about it again this evening. But it, it uses mApps. So what is that? And what does that mean? Oh, absolutely, Brian. So I, I, I first want to lay a foundation, if you're just tuning in, what a dApp is, and then we'll branch out to maps. But a dApp is just a decentralized application. And that sounds very intimidating, but it's not. It's, uh, I mean, it could be something as simple as a website or a mobile app, but it, it really just runs in a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer fashion. Um, so for example, Google, that search engine runs on Google servers. Facebook, that site runs on Facebook servers. A, and that's just a normal you know, application on the web. A decentralized application runs on, you know, it's a peer-to-peer -peer connection. I, I have a computer mining away, you have a computer mining away, and we're processing these transactions all together in a decentralized fashion. So that's, that's what a dApp is. Now we're moving on to a map. <clears throat> so a map goes a tad further, and a map, of course, stands for a decentralized multi-chain application. And I just mixed up the words there. I would say a multi-chain decentralized application. That's the right word there. MDA. MDA app. MDA app. Or maybe Sounds MD perfect. app. Or maybe MDAP. MDAP. <laughs> um, but we'll go with map from here on out for this podcast. MDAP. <laughs> Little Hansen came out. Sorry. 
I love the doo-wops, Brian. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is, uh, this is huge. This means it can run on multiple decentralized platforms. So, I mean, you, you take this decentralized thing and now it can run decentralized on decentralized, you know, on anything. So it, that's huge, Brian. I mean, this could... Isn't, isn't this current, like the status quo, I mean, what I always thought was... A developer develops, um, you know, uses uh, Solidity or the, the language for Ethereum and creates their D app, and it can be used on Ethereum. It can't be used on other uh, chains. I mean, isn't that sort of the standard? And then now this this um, quant is is allowing something completely different. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, you could have a, you know, a map that utilizes aspects of the Ethereum blockchain and the Cardano blockchain, and they can communicate with each other within this map. Um, but yeah, this this is crazy stuff, Brian, and this is kind of where a lot of people are going right now. Um, you know, this this seems seems huge. It does. It just seems like a big breakthrough. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be a huge thing. It's a huge thing in software. Like, you know, you have your program, which is cool. I've got my program, with this, which is cool. Or, you know, R2 applications. And how are these going to connect? How are these going to sync up? How am I going to use one part of yours, which I like, and integrate it with my app? And, you know, interoperability is huge. So this is, you know, obviously solving, solving some huge problems. And, and, you know, we've talked about interoperability interoperability on some of our other um platforms um and yeah. i i've never heard it to this extent like with respect to d apps I, I never really pictured that um so so to me so i guess the m, m apps or, or md apps um you know anyway that just seems seems like a big development so that is definitely oh, yeah. worth worth looking into um further all right, so let's take a look at the token and the tokenomics. We talked about quant. It does have its own token, and it's QNT. All right, QNT is its token. Um, and I'm just going to get right into it on the tokenomics. No inflation and no more quant, no more QNT tokens will be issued. So let, let that sink in. Oh, and there's more. Again, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh, <laughs> they were saying hey. commercials. Yeah, but it's actually deflationary because it has lockups, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But you know, you don't get many tokens. You know, we all love Bitcoin, and it's uh, and it's 21 million max. Um, you know, and we're 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 at 18 million, but there's still three million to go. With Quant, there's none. There's zero to go. And as I understand it, you know, it's a hard cap. Um, so anyway, as far as tokenomics go, it doesn't get much better than that. All right, so um, the QNT is a utility token. So to be able to use the platform, the developers, the gateway operators, the enterprises, whoever's gonna use um, the quant platform, they have to purchase um, annual license, which is a little bit different, a little bit interesting. <clears throat> Um, and again, another twist, they can pay the licenses in fiat, um, which in the quant treasury converts to the equivalent amount of quant. And so that, I think that's just better for their enterprises. You know, I'm just going to say an example, say IBM 
wants to use it. IBM doesn't want to mess with, you know, getting on a on an exchange and, and buying quant, which we'll talk about in a minute. Also, which isn't as easy as you think. Um, so they just they're making it easy by allowing him to use fiat. Um, but anyway, then quant um, or the the quant treasury will convert that into the you know the number of QNT, and then that the, the amount that's purchased for the annual license is locked up in a layer layer two uh, payment channel for for twelve months or whatever period it is. But I think normally it's a year. So that reduces the circulating supply, uh, reduces token velocity, which is turnover of tokens, which is also good for um, price increases in general. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you've got those factors going in. In addition to the licenses, there will be some other platform fees, some other services that's paid in quant. So all these things that are adding to the demand for the QNT token. So Ross, I would say this seems to be very, very solid as far as tokenomics go for quant. Oh, absolutely. I just hear, I just hear um, quant signs, you know, sub dollar signs. I don't know. I'm working here. <laughs> you have quant signs in your eyes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, real quick, let's, uh, let's talk about the team and partnerships. Um, one of those partnerships is with SIA chain. Um, but first, who is SIA? Um, quoting from SIA's website, they're a European based company involved in the creation and management of technology infrastructures and services for financial institutions, central banks, uh, corporates, and, and the public sector in areas of card and merchant solutions, digital payment solutions, and capital market and network solutions. So tons of banking and finance stuff going on with that one, but SIA has their own private blockchain called SIA chain and they're having some issues. They said, Quant, help us out. So with the help of the Quant network, SIA Chain successfully integrated, thus enabling SIA Chain's communication with um, you know, other blockchains going forward. Um, and this was previously, un, you know, SIA was unable to do this. So I think, you know, with the help um, of Quant, you know, obviously they made this happen. And it's, uh, you know, good news for anyone anyone in the private sector that's got their own blockchain and want to kind of, uh, you know, integrate with other areas and other um, blockchains out there. And I'll um, obviously link SIA, uh, that company's website in the description below if you want to check out more. Um, but moving on to the team, um, we've got Gilbert Viridian, the CEO of Quant. Get a, get a good look at this guy, I like his glasses, but um, has this, Tons of industry experience, um, worked with huge companies. Um, I feel like he was uh, chief information security officer at half of the companies he worked for. Um, I'll link his LinkedIn down below if you want to check out all those. But, you know, just to rattle off a few, he worked for the Federal Reserve, PwC. Shout out PwC. I used to work there. And before starting at Quant, um, uh, just to mention one of the chief information security officers, it was at Vocalink, which is a MasterCard company, and essentially he was a he was managing UK um, uh, payments for MasterCard, which you know that's like six trillion dollars a year. So he's used to working with just a bit of money, 
you could say. <laughs> um, and next we got uh, Martin Hargrave, Hargreaves um, is product uh, chief product officer. 12 years of experience at Voca Chain or Voca Link. Getting my links and chains mixed up here, Brian. Um, he was also the vice president of product. Um, actually co-authored, this was pretty interesting, um, just looking into him. He co-authored a paper with um, this guy from MIT about this new internet protocol called ODAP. Um, I'll link that, I got a lot of links, Brian, but I'll link that in the description as well if you wanna check out that paper. But very, very cool idea. It's, um, you know, basically a protocol is similar, similar to TCP um, connections. So just make it, you know, that's a lot of technical mumbo jumbo, but at the end of the day, it would just make it very easy, um, standardized and efficient way to um, basically describe assets on a ledger and send assets between blockchains. So, yeah. All right. Well, sounds good. Yeah, I've seen this. Uh, the Gilbert uh, Viridian seems to be kind of the face of the project. Um, I think it's based out of London, but I've seen him on, um, you know, he gets interviewed a lot. It's sort of like Charles Hoskinson for Cardano. He's kind of the face of, of Quant. Um, but yeah, seems seems to be a very, very competent team. Yeah, All right, so absolutely. let's say you do your research and you want to buy some QNT. Where do you buy it? Well, you know what? It's a good question. <laughs> it is listed on some exchanges, such as Uniswap. Okay, that's legit. I mean, um, you know, people get on Uniswap. Problem now is the the high gas fees is, is I think caused some people to look for other alternatives. There's not many um, for QNT. Um, it is on Bittrex and it is on Hotbit, but um, it's almost a mystery. Why isn't this thing on Binance? Why isn't why doesn't Binance list QNT? Binance lists everything, I thought, you know? It doesn't have this on it. Yeah. Um, but it's also not on the major ones. It's not even, you know, it's not on Coinbase. It's not on Kraken. It's not on eToro. Um, so you sort of got to dig a little deep to, uh, to get it. Um, so anyways, um, you know, seems to be a... Uh, what was it? I think you checked out. We don't like to date our, our, our podcast, but you know, as of the date of this podcast, it was out, a little bit outside the top 100, wasn't it? it was yep. Yep. It's, um, you know, on this recording day, it's been floating around, you know, number 100 market cap. So, so, so right around 100, um, you know, but seems to have, seems to check all the boxes for a good project. I just don't know why it's not on a, a major exchange, but hey, you know, I'm sure they're 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 trying their best to get on one. Um, really? Yeah. Ross, did you have anything else? Do you want to add? You want to you want to get on the final thoughts? I say final thoughts time, Brian. I think final we uh, hit all the key aspects. Whose turn is it to go first on final thoughts? Shoot, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Yeah. And all right, because it does seem like you always seem to copy me, so that would be good if you go ahead. And go. <laughs> no, we actually disagreed on our last show. That was so that was interesting. All right, yes. go ahead, Ross. Final thoughts um, on Quant. Yeah, I I I like the team. I like what they're doing. Um, I may favor um, some other you know uh, blockchains trying to do similar things like Polkadot with their integration, um, but. The idea is sound and solid and sounds epic. Um, 
And seeing it this low, I, I will say, Brian, uh, full disclosure, I will be investing in it for two factors, um, which you just mentioned. One, it's not listed on a lot of um, uh, exchanges and the market cap is just so low. I mean, I could see this thing just exploding if it gets on Binance or Coinbase Pro or something like that. So, I, you know, I'm always surprised to see you know, something of this magnitude that low in market cap. Um, one thing I don't feel great about is just the, um, the, the tech itself is patented. So, you know, it's trade secret. Um, you're not, you know, they're not going to release all that's going on. And, um, one cool thing I love about getting in, um, to cryptocurrencies is, you know, the decentralized peer to peer nature of these things. Um, so, um, just kind of worried about, you know, that aspect and you know it, it just heavily rely or um the weight of this thing heavily um weighs on the um the team so uh, I, i'm investing just because of the low market cap and it's not listed and worried about the team all right um you're, you're worried about the team or you like the team oh so i like the team but i'm i'm worried about the um the trade secret nature, the non-decentralized. It's not, it's not public source. Okay. Yes. Open source. Yes. There right. you it's, go. Not, it's not open source. All right. So that, I, that's legit. Um, I, I'll give you that it's not open source and it's not as decentralized as, as we normally like. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. So the, with those aside, I've got to say, I am super impressed with this project. Um, you know, from the, really from the massive problem that it solves, you know, and that's always, you always ask, what problem does it solve? What solves a big one here? Let's connect all these different important blockchains. That to me, that's a big deal. So it does, it does that. Um, you, the tokenomics, like I said, are outstanding. You, you have the lockups. So if demand goes up, not only from um, investors like us, but also, you know, from the users and the, the companies that they hope are going to use this, you know, then you get more of it locked up, more of the Q and T locked up, more demand to buy it. And those are just the tokenomics that you want. Um, and, you know, the team is legitimate. And, and I think, well, I, I don't know, but the central bank digital currency um, use case for quant could be big. I mean, you know, you can have a big customer and then you can have a country for your customer. <laughs> so, or, or countries. I mean, and I, you know, I don't know, this is something that I read doing our research. Um, but certainly the quant community thinks that quant will be, uh, big and useful, you know, a, 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 a big player and useful to countries that want to start, their own digital currencies, which is basically all of them. I mean, not all of them will use quant. I mean, China's already got theirs in, in test mode and, you know, they didn't use it. But you get some of these uh, smaller um, countries and they will, you know, rather than develop their own, like China probably did, you know, they will turn to an existing product like quant, maybe. So to me, I see that as a potential catalyst. You know, I see as kind of one of the, the big downsides to this is that it's not listed on the big uh, exchanges, but like you hinted at, that actually could be a catalyst because yeah. if it gets listed, you know, it, it's not like 
another coin that's listed on almost all of them, but then it gets added to another one. You know, that's kind of like, yeah, okay, that's good, but it's not. For this one, a major listing, like you said, Coinbase, Kraken, or certainly Binance, and that would be a huge catalyst for the price. So, you know, you got, um, you, you got the quality of the, uh, of the project, you got the quality of the team, you got the good tokenomics. I, I acknowledge your, your concerns, which are mostly philosophical, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for me, I am very high on quant. And yes, full disclosure, I'm buying some also. I'm, you know, um, this just seems like it could be a you know a, a product uh an investment with a lot of upside do your own research but it does yeah. seem that way to me so i'll be buying it so yeah very uh i i like this um you know seems to say this i see this every show but you know another super interesting fun crypto project crypto is awesome yeah yeah and it, it just never stops brian it's ridiculous and it, it, this is one of those projects too. It, it does get me hyped up a little bit. It's kind of like, man, I wish I, I wish I found Cardano before it was listed on Coinbase Pro. You know, like th this is one of those projects. Like, man, you were into Quant before it got listed on Coinbase. You know, that yeah. that's kind of like the magnitude it could be. So it could be if that happens. I, I, I don't see what else could happen other than you know all, all of a sudden, you know, liquidity and availability. It's gonna, it's gonna have a price spike. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also a solid project that, you know, again, it, I have not seen anything to the contrary. So, but if it does what it says, it advances our whole, you know, crypto universe. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very high on it. And again, you know, it seems like every time we show, maybe we select properly, but man, these, these, uh, these coins and tokens that were, uh, discovering and, and analyzing are just so so interesting oh yeah and it, it never stops brian and i think we have just a couple more coins and cryptocurrencies yeah, yeah so, right. so. <laughs> it never stops and you know what ross neither do we we'll be back that's with right the, with another crypto asset and and maybe it'll be great maybe it won't but you'll have to tune in next time yeah get our final stay tuned at the end of the show for our final thoughts, make sure you subscribe to us on social media, YouTube to see our faces or anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't want to, you know, get this beautiful look every day. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get some people like listening to the podcast in their car, like on, on their commute to work. That's cool. But if you got, if you really want some eye candy, you might want to check out that YouTube channel. <laughs> Absolutely. Well said, Brian. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, we just, we, we tell the truth here on the crypto. <laughs> All right, Ross, let's sign off and um, we'll be back next time. Thanks everybody. Peace.